When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. G'day and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast for the 2022-23 Summer of Cricket. Now, it's not quite summer just yet, but there is plenty of cricket happening already, and so it's time to get our show off and running for the upcoming season. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Josh Shonafinger, and on this edition of the podcast, we're going to be previewing Victoria's chances in the Sheffield Shield and Marsh One Day Cup competitions. A few weeks ago, Jack Painter from cricket.com.au and myself spoke to Will Sutherland to check out his team's chances, and we hope you enjoy the chat. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. On this week's episode, we've got a Victoria State preview and I've got two gentlemen next to me who are making their Unplayable Podcast debut. Uh, Jack Painter from cricket.com.au and Will Sutherland from the Victorian State side. Welcome, boys. Thank you, Josh. Josh, thanks for having us. Not a problem at all. Will, uh, talk us through your pre-season. How's it going so far? About a month out from the first match of the season. Uh, Talk us through what's been going on. Uh, I've just been plugging away in the indoors, the lads. Um, obviously, the weather not too conducive to turf wickets at the moment, um, but it's been good indoors. I think the lads have just gotten out onto turf in the last week or so. So, um, yeah, preparation's been pretty smooth for all the boys. And, um, yeah, I think about um, 10 or so of us have just headed up to Darwin as well for the, for the um, T20 comp up here to get some um, turf practice as well. How's that been going so far? So a couple of wickets the other, the other night for yourself? Yeah, not bad. The the Renegades aren't going too well, um, but hopefully we can win a few games. Still got two to go, um, but just awesome to be outdoors this time of year and um, getting some more T20 experience. It was a tough season end for you for the Vicks last year, unfortunately, and yourself, Boldham, Mammoth, 40, uh, sorry, 64 overs in the Shield final. Uh, talk us through what that match was like and uh, you know, obviously a five-day match and how you pulled up after such a... A big workload. Trouble out. Taken at first slip. The young man has gone and Sutherland is doing all the damage this morning. Yeah, it was um, a bit disappointing, obviously, not getting the result we wanted. But, um, yeah, boys put in a, in a decent effort. Um, we are a little sniff there on the um, morning of day three, I think it was, sort of turned the tables a little bit. But um, it was always going to be tricky losing that. Um, the first innings points, so um, great experience for me and a few others to play in a Shield final though, and um, yeah, it just makes me hungry to, to try and win one um, in the next few years, and um, yeah, to play, to play a role and bowl that many overs was good and pulled up well, so I'm happy with how the body um, you know, has been the last few years, and to bowl that many overs um, in, a, in one game is a good sign, I suppose. Will, what's it take for... A fast bowler to obviously that was the end of the season, but what's it take to recover from you know a spell like that? We saw Nathan Lyon he bowled 64 in the goal test in the second test, and that was his you know biggest innings. Um, and you've matched him, but you've coming off uh, sort of you know 20, 30 paces. What's it take to to recover from a spell like that? Um, oh, well, being the last game of the season, um, not much. I was 
went away to Fiji and um, recovered by the pool. So that was um, fine. But I suppose if you were having a front up again, it would have been um, a bit of a challenge. You just, you know, you do your water recovery and, and see the physio and, um, yeah, just look after yourself as much as you can um, if I had to play again. But luckily I didn't. How long were you over there? Front? Have you done a bit more travelling around uh, while you had some time off or has it just been uh, one trip and that's it? Uh, I went to Fiji with the with the missus at the end of the season for a week, which was nice. Um, Port Douglas as well for a week with the fam. Um, so I think good at this stage of my career to be able to do a little bit of travelling um, in the off season. But um, I have got uh, an eye on a, a county season, um, you know, next UK summer. Um, hopefully, if things go to plan. So um, yeah, good to get some travelling now. But um, that'd be nice for next season. And we saw you went to, uh, was it Ballarat as well with, with Georgia Wareham? It's part of the uh, Renegades road trip. How was that? Yeah, it was an inter- interesting experience. It was a pretty cold part of the world this time of year, Ballarat and Ararat. But um, no, good to, to see some young kids and um, yeah, very rewarding to um, yeah, sort of try and grow the Renegades fan base. I'm not sure I could be a, a primary school teacher anytime soon. It's pretty, um, pretty long days, but um, no, it was, it was good fun. And talk us through that, uh, you know, that was there any temptation to go sort of overseas this year and, and play during the off-season or are you sort of building up to that that next year? What's sort of the thinking there? Yeah, there are a few um, little opportunities that just didn't quite go to plan. Um, the Sri Lanka A um, tournament was um, thrown up to, to be ready to go. Um, but obviously I chose not to, to be ready and obviously I would have been... Um, you know, going over there given the amount of injuries that happened, but um, yeah, that's just the way it is. And um, the, the workloads weren't quite high enough to um, get over for some one days as well um, with Essex. But um, yeah, as I said, plenty of time and hopefully next season it can work out. Uh, now back on the Renegades quickly for a second. Uh, we hear you've got a, a bit of exciting news to, to, uh, to announce. Um, a bit of an unplayable podcast exclusive, if you don't mind. Just tell us what's going on there with the Renegades and yourself. Um, yeah, luckily enough, signed on for a, for another year with the Gades, so um, sticking loyal to, to the Renegades and, um, you know, obviously the last couple of seasons haven't been as good as we would have liked, but, um, you know, we've got a great list and hopefully we can start to turn things around over the next few seasons. It looks like the, the squad is, is building nicely. You've got a couple of new recruits in, in sort of, you know, John Wells and uh, Tom Rogers being announced. You know, how's the how's the feeling around the group? And, and like you said, it's been a couple of disappointing years. But do you really feel like you can ma- make a bit of a difference with with the squad that you're building for for this season? Yeah, for sure. I think they're um, key inclusions. Those two that um, sort of fill gaps that needed to be filled. And um, you know, you obviously got the draft coming up as well. So hopefully, um, David Saker can work a bit of magic in that and um, fill even a few more gaps that we've been sort of missing out on um, but you know the list is there it's just you know it hasn't clicked over the last few years I think you know lack of confidence probably um, plays a part so I think you know you get a couple wins early and um, you know build momentum from there so hopefully that can happen. And James Pattinson made the disappointing decision to move on from the Renegades which means that they need a new leader of the attack is that going to be you is that something that you want to take on um, as your, one of your responsibilities? Uh, oh, I'd definitely love to play um, you know, more of a role with the, with the ball. Um, I'd, I don't think I'd be taking the, the leader of the attack title off Kane Richardson anytime soon. Um, but to sort of help him out, he's had to do a, a bulk of the work over the last few years and just hasn't had the support um, that he deserves. So hopefully I can um, try and help him out with a few overs here and there and 
um, yeah, as a bowling group, start to get something going. What What is sort of goals are you targeting for this season? Obviously, a strong finish uh, for yourself for last season. Are you trying to build on that momentum coming into this season? Um, yeah, I think with the red ball, it's um, just sort of keep going the way I've been going. I'm pretty content where you know with where that's at. Um, I think an area of my game that needs improvement is definitely um, white ball and you know death um, sort of stuff. I think there's opportunities in both um, for Victoria and the Renegades to sort of step up and take that um, you know death bowling position and um, with my batting as well coming in and trying to hit a few sixes at the end. So um, I think that's a a big focus trying to um, put my hand up and, and take those roles in both of those teams. And if you look at the Victorian squad, there are so many young bowlers coming through. Uh, Mitch Perry, Brody Couch, Sam Elliott, Zach Evans, just to name a few. I mean, which of these guys are going to take the next step uh, this summer, do you see? Who, who, who's sort of putting their hand up to be the next big thing? Yeah, Cam, Cam McClure is another one as well, um, who's just played the one game. Um, so if Scotty Boland's not there, um, you know, or Pato, um, it's going to be a massive opportunity for some of those guys. Um, most have played none or, or one Shield game. So I really like what Cam McClure was able to do in the um, last game of the season before the final. Um, he's, he's shaping up to be a um, very impressive talent. Um, and obviously Brody, Brody Couch has done some pretty good stuff in um, you know, white ball with the Stars and um, he's looking um, very good again for another good season. So, um, yeah, there's two two tips for you. Hopefully those boys can have a good season. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's a game looking like, you know, with the Tour of India uh, at, in February and March, it's a game looking like Scotty Bowen might, you know, if he, if he goes well enough throughout the season, might not be there for the back end of the season. So that'll, you know, put a lot of burden on, on these young guys again. Do you reckon, you know, that the attack is, is ready for that, that kind of responsibility? Um, oh, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, obviously, Mitch and myself will have to step up. We've got a little bit of experience now, um, which is nice. And you obviously hope that Scott can be over there playing for Australia. Um, but yeah, I, I've got full um, faith in you know the, those guys are looking great in the nets, and um, you know they do well at um, futures and club cricket as well. So um, yeah, McClure, Couch, um, Zach Evans, even I'm sure that you know whoever it is can step up and play a role if required at the back end of the season. And there haven't been too many changes in the list. You've, at Victoria, you've added a, a couple of rookies in Campbell Calloway and, and Ashley Chandra-Singer, but do you think that the squad's there, that you, you know, you're ready to take the, take the next step this season and hopefully, you know, obviously made a Shield final last year, they're tough enough to get to themselves, but do you think that the list is there mm. to, to, to go that one step further and who should we look out for for this season? Yeah, I definitely think the, the list is good enough to um, get close again, if not win it. Um, you know, you've got, um, apart from the, the quicks that might be stretched, you've got some quality spinners, um, you know, in John Holland and, and Todd Murphy, um, Bull Parker as well, Tom O'Connell. Um, so any one of those could play, especially if we're playing in Melbourne. Um, you know, you play two spinners there and give yourself a good chance. Um, and obviously our batting's incredibly strong as well. Um, with you know Marcus Harris, Maddinson, Pete Hanscom, Will Bukowski if he's playing. So um, Trav Dean won the the Shield Player of the Year as well, which a lot of people sort of brush over. But the um, the batting quality is tremendous there. So um, you know if our quicks can get the job done and, and batters can put a score on the board, then I'm sure we can um, have a great season. And and what about uh, Park? How's how's he going uh, during the off season? I think he's in India at the moment, but. Obviously, as a, as a group, you'd be hoping that he can play play 
you know, if not all the games this year, a fair few of them. A huge roar around the ground. A much-awaited debut for Will Pukowski. And he picks up 50 in his maiden test match at the SCG. Yeah, he's always in good spirits. Um, yeah, he's actually played a bit of a role in our sort of culture development stuff with a new um, young list. So um, helping build that and seeing him sort of get involved with the group from a leadership side of things is really good. Um, so he's obviously invested in and keen to play when he can, so um, it'd just be great to see him string a few games together and you know, you want him to get back to playing for Australia as well because he's, he's certainly good enough. And what about your batting, Will? Are we going to see you uh, moving up the order this season? Oh, I'll do my best. I definitely want to um, bat as high as possible. Mitch Perry with a score of um, 70 is putting a bit of pressure on me um, from, from behind as well, so I've got a bit of work to do there, but... Um, yeah, it hasn't quite clicked for me so far, but obviously um, always trying to be a genuine all-rounder and um, keep chipping away on the batting and, and try to get up to six or seven um, as soon as possible. Now, I've been, I've been studying the footage, uh, Will. You've, you've obviously got a sister, Annabelle, who plays for Victoria and, and uh, Australia as well. But from my perspective, your actions, bowling actions, are both you know, very similar, especially in the run-up and, and the gather. Um, I just want to ask, who, who copied who there? Um... I, I must admit, I actually do um, copy a lot of her sort of gym and um, strength bowling stuff. So she probably sets a better example of than me um, in terms of professionalism. Um, she's an absolute gun. So um, yeah, no, we do work work together, and uh, maybe we both copied uh, the old man, and that's how we um, ended up bowling the same. And growing up, the backyard battles must have been fairly competitive. I would have imagined. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was pretty intense and younger brother Tom as well, so it made it a good challenge always. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's how we both sort of got the competitiveness and um, yeah, she's she's flying as well, so um, great to see her doing so well. Did the old, the old man wouldn't have let you win much in the backyard though? No, nah, definitely not. I um, think that's where I've got my competitive, competitiveness from. Um, uh, when he did come out there, which was very rare, um, yeah, he certainly put a good showing on for us. Just on a serious note, having your dad as the CEO of Cricket Australia or the ACB at the time, what was that like to grow up with? I mean, it's probably hard to, um, to compare it to anything because you only had that, but what was that like as a kid? And, you know, you've got friends talking about cricket all the time, your dad's on TV. Tell us what, that, what that's like. Um, yeah, it was different. I think at a young age, I, um, it helped me love the game because I'd be able to sneak into the change rooms every now and then and um, meet my, my heroes and that sort of thing. So um, that was awesome. And then you, you get a little bit older and you start playing senior cricket and you get you know, these um, club cricketers rolling around on a Saturday just absolutely abusing you about your old man and that's the only reason you're playing um, pathway cricket and that sort of thing. So um, it had its um, ups and downs, but... Um, he was an unbelievable um, supporter for me, um, threw me so many balls and um, you know, I think that's no doubt um, why I'm you know, sort of where I am today, because of him. We've got a, a bit of a, a theme coming up in a few weeks, um, it's called Kit Week. We just wanted, what was your sort of you know, first bat and uh, all-time favourite bat? <laughs> um, my first bat, funnily enough, was a, a Cricket Australia sort of um, branded bat and it actually had a sticker saying... <laughs> only to be used with indoor cricket balls. So um, obviously Dad got that for free from work and, and rolled that out for me. 
Um, so that was my first bat, and then um, yeah, Gray Nichols have have been pretty loyal in the last few years. Um, obviously, Stu down there makes some unbelievable sticks. So um, I had yeah some really good ones a couple seasons ago, and um, hopefully I've got a few beauties this year as well. Do you have an all-time favourite? Maybe a Matthew Hayden sort of gladius or something like that that you've always looked up to? Um, yeah, the power bow I reckon was um, yeah. was an interesting one that I sort of um, yeah I like the the retro stickers I think might have to get my batting going a bit better to to get a call up to use a retro bat but um, <laughs> yeah I do love those those old grey nickels bats. Another thing we've been loving is the mullet that's sort of forming at the back of your head there. Talk us through the inspiration behind that, and is it here to stay? Um, oh, John O'Merlo will probably um, like me to give him a shout-out there. We had a little mullet comp last season, so, um, yeah, it is, it is a bit of fun growing the mullet. I think it's my best feature of the hair, so um, obviously make it as long as possible, but it can't be too long. If it gets in the eyes um, for cricket, that's when it's got to go, so... Um, it'll stay at um, you know appropriate length, not get too long. That's when you'll be asking to borrow a couple of Annabelle's hair ties, won't you? Gets too long. Yeah, correct. The, the headband will come out. Um, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, well, we've seen Stuart Broadrock the headband, so maybe that's something you could do as well. Yeah, I know um, Zach Evans likes the headband as well. Um, for other reasons, I think he's um, you know fading away a little bit on the hairline, so he <laughs> used it there to, to cover up as well. Well, thanks a lot for joining us on the Unplayable podcast. Really appreciate your time and all the best for the summer ahead. Hope you kick some goals. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, guys. So, Jack, that was Will Sutherland when we spoke to him a few weeks ago now, actually. Um, what do you make of the Vic's chances for this season? Um, they came second in the Sheffield Shield and dead last in the Marsh Cup, actually. So how are they going to fare this season, do you reckon? I think they'll still have a, a strong Shield squad. The Marsh Cup last year was a bit of a, a trial uh, season for them. They blooded a, a lot of young quicks uh, in Brody Couch, Clem, Cam McClure. Um, so I think, yeah, they've still got a, squad, a strong squad. They've kept it uh, together nicely. I think they'll be uh, up there contending again. And, you know, the inclusion of Will Pekoski for hopefully, you know, a greater portion of the season, uh, along with Marcus Harris, who potentially won't be with that test squad for the summer. Um, that you know, just strengthens the depth of their squad. And I think they'll be up there again alongside Western Australia, obviously, who have also got a strong squad. Yeah, you said they haven't really recruited as much and they probably don't need to because of these inclusions. You mentioned Pekovsky and Harrison, basically new additions. They barely played last season. And it was, was it the season before where they were putting on these 400-run partnerships and the like? So I'm sure the Vicks will be super keen to get them back into the side, even though it might come at the expense of... Um, some players who had good seasons last year. Well, that's, that's the interesting one, isn't it? Uh, Trav Dean, who is the you know, reigning Sheffield Shield player of the year alongside Henry Hunt, uh, he played in the Shield final uh, because Marcus Harris missed out through COVID. But you know, if Harrison and Pekoski are, are both playing, then where do you fit him in? Do you bat him at three? Who misses out then? Hanson bats four, Manson, and then you know, potentially you're looking at maybe half are missing out and, and Hanscom taking the glove. So, you know, it's probably a good problem to have for, for Chris Rogers. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you wouldn't want to be the player missing out because you know, you'd hope they'd win a lot of games this year and be up there contending in the final again. Yeah, absolutely. And if we look at the bowling side of things, 
Um, it looks like Scott Boland should be able to play the first portion of the season. Is that correct? I mean, he missed so much of it last year. I think so. It just depends whether what they do with the test squad, whether they carry him as the, the 12th man, the extra quick bowler, because then he'd potentially be out from around the end of November, which I think would make, mean he'd miss probably one or two Shield games before Christmas. But after Christmas, it's probably looking like, uh, or after the Big Bash, sorry, it's probably looking like he will miss the majority of those games with the, the test tour to India. I can imagine he would be on that. Can't see him. Yeah. He performed well in Sri Lanka in the Australia A uh, game that he played. And you know, I imagine he'll have another strong shield season. So looks like he'll be on that. The other question is around James Pattinson and what he does this year. He's just returned from... Well, he hasn't returned yet. I think I saw an Instagram story of him in Italy today. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's been released from the last month of his county contract with Nottinghamshire. Um, right. He's not playing not playing the Big Bash. Um, he's resting his body. So what happens with him this year and how many games he plays is, is another interesting storyline with the Vic squad, which in turn opens up a, a lot of opportunities for their young quicks. You know, you've got Mitch Perry, uh, Will Sutherland, who we chatted to, uh, Brody Couch, as I mentioned, Zach Evans, Cam McClure, all these young young quicks who are you know, extremely talented but they haven't played without either Boland or Pattinson in the side so if they're both not there then it just opens up an opportunity for uh, you know one of those bowlers to, to step up and take you know the leader of the attack role but it also leaves them slightly vulnerable if if you know they, they get it wrong and you know the opposition gets on top of them so that's probably a, a storyline to watch throughout the season what happens with with Boland and Pattinson. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Another thing that I'll be watching pretty closely is the spin department. Todd Murphy had such a strong finish to last season and then went to Sri Lanka and played really well in the A games there as well. But John Holland is still around. So how do you see this playing out? Are they going to be trying to get Murphy in or are they going to stick with the tried and tested Dark Holland who has performed so well over so many years? It It is interesting because you'd think that John Holland is still the number one given that he was drafted into the, the test squad as cover for Ash Nagar, I think, when yeah, he yeah. was had the, had the side injury. But, you know, Todd Murphy had a, had a strong A campaign in Sri Lanka as well and he took three wickets on a Friday in an intra-club at, at the junction. So he's only getting better and better. And I, I, I think they'll be looking for opportunities potentially this season to play them together. Um, oh, right. They okay. did that at the junk at the, at the junction last year, towards the back end of the season against Tasmania, and then from there, it's whether you know if Murphy is still performing strongly, whether they do stick with him because he's a longer term prospect, and you know sort of that would kind of be the end of for Holland, wasn't it? Wouldn't it? He's still a strong bowler, considered you know up there in Australian calculations as well, but he's not getting any younger and he's holding back someone like Murphy who is only going to continue to develop with more game time. So yeah, yeah. another one to watch, I think. Well, Murphy, you spoke about that intra-club match on Friday. Murphy was bowling with a beanie, which uh, I thought was just fantastic to see, even though it wasn't that cold. Um, but what else happened in that match between the Vicks on the Friday at the Junction Oval? Uh, there was it, was... it was an interesting game. John Holland actually uh, smacked a couple of fours to win the game nine down for his his side it was quite an exciting finish in the fading light at about 5 30 p.m uh but it was it looked like a, a slow pitch a tough 
tough pitch because you know both sides scored as the scores were around 200 off the 50 overs Hanscom got 60 odd um, Jake Fraser McGurk got some runs and other than that it was kind of you know starts here and there Pekoski opened the batting uh, got 15 as soon as he's looking to score he kind of spooned to catch the point um, and yeah Murphy was the pick of the bowlers with three for and that was about it really it wasn't really exciting until it got to, <laughs> got to the end <laughs> uh, but they're actually in, in they're actually in Coffs Harbour this week playing against New South Wales so they've got a few intra uh, what practice matches there against New South Wales and then next week on Monday the first second 11 fixture of the year kicks off in Coffs Harbour as well so yeah right okay plenty of cricket coming up for the Vicks then um, another thing that I saw on cricket.com.au not too long ago was that there's a potential opportunity for Glenn Maxwell to play a bit of red ball cricket. What's happening there? Yeah, very exciting, I, I think. Um, someone who you know is dying to play test cricket again for Australia and just wants to seize on it every opportunity he can. So there's a potential window at the back end of the England ODIs, which are after the T20 World Cup, where there's mm-hmm. a Shield game that starts two days after the last ODI, which... Not sure where it is, but um, potentially he could get back for that game and then play the following game uh, as well, leading into the Big Bash, which is in early December. I think that's from December 1 to December 4, um, both in Victoria. So one's at the City Power Centre, one's at, at the MCG. Uh, but, yeah, he seems really keen to play. It'll help, if he does well, it'll help push his case for, for India, which you would imagine he would be on anyway, given he's such a strong player of spin. Uh, but... Yeah, he, he just, you know, you know what Maxi's like last year. He played, I think it was three one-dayers for Victoria when he had a, had a couple of weeks off, and that was, you know, in between planning for his wedding as well. So uh, it's just yeah. great to see that, you know, any chance he can get to play for Victoria, he'll, he'll, he'll go for. Yeah, it's always great to see Maxwell roll out in the navy blue, and I reckon because there's also a couple of white ball games on that uh, Indian Test Tour, that probably helps his chances getting in that squad or near that, near that squad as well, I would say. So um, positive signs. Let's hope we see a lot more of Maxwell um, in the domestic uh, competitions this summer. Um, Jack, before we wrap this up, um, can we get some predictions? I know you're a pretty passionate Victorian uh, supporter, but where do you see them finishing in the Shield and the Marsh Cup this year? Uh Marsh Cup, I won't. I don't see too much change. That I don't think they'll make the make the final. Uh, I think they'll continue with with their strategy of blooding their young quicks through there, potentially some young batters as well. And you know, hopefully they can they can come on and show a bit more than what they did last year. But the Shield, I think they'll be strong again. Uh, they've got a pretty consistent squad there, led well by Hanscom. So I think they'll be vying with WA for for sort of a place in the final, or you know. Potentially taking out the title. The other, the other strong sides are Tasmania. I think they've recruited well, um, and they've got a stable squad. And then Queensland, obviously, will, will start the season well because they'll have Lavashane and and Kawaja both playing. And then once they go to India, that might open up. Uh, they have got some reasonable depth as well. But I think those are the four sides to to watch out for in the Shield. And I think you know Victoria will be one of those that'll be up there again. And the players to watch, obviously we know Pattinson is one who could be primed for a massive season with everything else that he's sort of offloaded 
Um, we've got Will Sutherland, who we spoke to, who's going to have a great year. Who do you think from the Vicks is going to make a name for themselves this summer? I think Mitch Perry. Uh, he, you know, he's continuing to develop as well. Uh, he said he's last year when I chatted to him, he was looking to develop his skills with the old ball because we all know he can swing it uh, both mm. ways. But you know, if he can develop that repertoire where he can, you know, get it to reverse swing or just charge in, you know, hard and hit hit the deck for, you know, five, six, seven overs with the old ball, um, that'll you know add a, another string to his bow, and then. I think, you know, Pekoski obviously is going to be really hungry for sustained success. Uh, coming back into the side, playing uh, three games last year, I think it was, or two and a half games last year. So I think, you know, he'll be eager to get a full season under his belt. And if he does, uh, you know, I imagine he'll be putting his name up in lights again for another test squad inclusion and potentially adding to his one test against India from a couple of years ago. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Jack, thanks a lot for joining me on this edition of the Unplayable Podcast and we'll chat very shortly in another state preview. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Look forward to it. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.